Hi guys, this is Jamie. This week at church, we kicked off a new series called The Next Level. Unfortunately, due to some technical hiccups, the first minute and a half of the recording didn't make it. Before I hand you over to myself, I want to ask you the same question I asked on the day, and that is, have you ever bought a present for someone you loved that was secretly for you? I have. I'm guilty of it. I once bought Carly some bath bombs, knowing that perhaps she wouldn't be able to use them and that I might be able to use them instead. Bless you guys. Enjoy the message. You know what the next level to that conversation is? You ready? When you get someone else to buy the present for someone you love that is secretly for you. Have you ever done that? <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> Jane, what do the boys want for Christmas? You know, Mom, <laughs> I think they'd really love a switch. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't know what a switch is, it's this really brilliant device that you can buy for your household that gets it to shut up for a bit. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know why that's the case, it's like a little handhold game console for kids and like bigger kids as well. And so occasionally in our house, I'll let the kids borrow the present that my mum and dad brought for them, and they'll go on it, and they've got all of these games, and they play on these games. And one of the things that's now become a kind of like a, a phrase that gets repeated in our house over and over again is, Dad, can you put the next level on? Dad, can you show me the next level? This level is hard. When does the next level start for me? And that's my home life, yeah? At home, I hear about the next level all of the time. And then we come to church a few weeks ago, and Pastor Dom is up from Paul, and he starts speaking, and he starts speaking about something that perhaps you felt as you've been coming to church, or you felt in your own faith, that there is a next level here for us too, a next level in terms of your faith, a next level in terms of the way we do church. He spoke about it in terms, he said, greater faith and greater resilience, greater faith and greater resilience. And I just wanted to clarify something at the very, very start, that when he spoke about the next level, when you felt that there was a next level in your life, it's for everyone. It's not just for those who want to go deeper in their faith. The call that God is giving this church is to everyone. If you can hear my voice right now, it's for you. God is calling you to the next level. Turn to the person who is like appropriately spaced from you at present and tell them that God is calling them to the next level. Well, they're not going to be that excited about it if you tell them like that. Now, if there's someone behind you, turn around and tell them that God is calling them as well to the next level. And finally, what I want you to do is I want you to tell yourself, God is calling me to the next level. I'm loving the volume back there. Now, I don't know 
how many thousands and thousands of sermons have been preached throughout time that have been called the next level. And I kind of feel like when I was writing these messages, I kind of crammed about as many cliches as the platform can like tolerate. But I guess the temptation is sometimes, it's probably not a good time, son, what's up? (laughs) That's okay. I guess the temptation gets in church is to become very, very good at talking about the next level. And we can pat ourselves on the back for aspiring to the next level. But then we never really kind of think or or the truth is that we never really expect ourselves to ever actually get to the next level. And my thought is that perhaps the reason we're so good at talk about it, but we don't necessarily experience it in our own lives, is that we don't know what the next level actually looks like in terms of this church and your faith. Or perhaps it's something different to that. Perhaps when you think about the next level in your life, you have created such a perception of it that it is overwhelming. So to the point that when you think about the next level in your life, it either looks unattainable or undesirable for you. But you see, I don't know about you, but if there is another level for my life, I don't want to just talk about it today and forget about it tomorrow. But I guess that's kind of the problem, isn't it? And I'm not saying this as judgment. I'm speaking to myself first and foremost every week. But I am willing to challenge you about this. I'm willing to provoke you about this. You see, most of us are happy to talk about faith and taking it to the next level, providing We don't have to change our perspective or our lifestyle. And so my prayer is this, that during this series, that God would reshape our perspective and vision for what the next level looks like in your life. And that as we go through this series week by week, there would be an atmosphere in here and in here of response, a readiness to step out in faith, a readiness to move when God calls us, a readiness to shift and reposition in our faith to reach the next level. So if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 27, the rustling of paper deafening right now. I want to convey something to you that I believe will help you break through into the next level in your faith as quickly as possible. Have you ever been to a gig where the band you were going to see was a little bit of a one-hit wonder? Now, what they do when they're a bit of a one-hit wonder is they save that one song that you're actually there to hear to the very end. So you have to listen to this dirge of rubbish that you're not there to listen to, all the while they're holding on to this gem at the end. So the reality of it is, is that you kind of stay switched on waiting for this song at the end. Now, I'm not going to do that to you today. I'm going to give you the good bit up front. Now, that's a risk. Because the risk is that after I've said it, you may switch off. Or 
you may be so inspired that your seat can no longer contain you. And you just have to get out there and start living out your faith. And I'm willing to take that risk. And if that is you, don't let me stop you. Get out there, go do it. But we're going to dive into Matthew 27, verse 45. We're picking up the story of the cross. And at this point, Jesus has been through the trial. He's carried the cross. They've nailed him to it. And now they are waiting for the Son of God to die. And in verse 45, it starts this. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all of the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. Whenever you think about what the next level looks like in your life, I want you to picture that curtain hanging in two pieces. That veil torn. You see, that curtain that hung in the temple was so significant. It was the doorway into the sanctuary. The sanctuary was the place where God dwelt in the temple. The temple was the place where people would commune to meet with God. And that curtain was a barrier between that which was sacred and non-sacred. And the only people that were allowed through it, through it and through it were a few. And the access they had was limited as well. But you see, when Jesus died on that cross, when he hung there, the curtain that hung was torn apart. The barrier that had stood between people and God for generations was split apart. That place that had boxed God up, that space in which God had dwelled was broken apart. And out into the world poured limitless, unfailing love as a way was made for me and you to experience limitless, unfailing love. And that's the image I want you to hold on to. That's the image I want you to hold on when you think about what the next level looks like in your life. See, the next level begins when you start looking at your life through the lens that says there is no veil between that which is sacred and that which is non 
sacred anymore. The veil has been torn. See, a relationship with God was never meant to separate your life. It was never meant to put a dividing space into your life. It was never meant to separate your life into a God part and an everything else part. But that's sometimes what we do, isn't it? When we were kids, my mum and dad had a cabinet in the corner of our living room. And in this cabinet, they had all of these precious ornaments and heirlooms. And they were really important, they told us afterwards. And they were valuable, they told us afterwards. But because they were valuable and important, they had boxed them up, they had kept them separate, they were protected, they were stored in the corner of the room out of the way. And some of us get like that with our faith. It's important to us. It's valuable to us. But we've boxed it up. And we've put it in the corner out of the way. So this impact in our life now is barely visible. See, your relationship with Jesus shouldn't be contained behind a veil. While the rest of your life happens outside of the veil. The next level for you. The next level for you, are you listening, yeah? Is found in the tearing of the veil as your faith bursts out into all areas of your life. Letting your faith determine how you interact with everything that is ordinary and normal around you. Your faith shaping the way you do life, not just Sunday. And because it's true, I'll tell you what happened to mom and dad's cabinet. It's almost prophetic at this point now, I'm claiming. One fateful day, me and my brother, I think this is the story, my mum and dad can correct me at the end if it's not, but for the purposes of this sermon, this is how it happened. <laughs> we decided that we were going to climb this cabinet, and so naturally being a leader, I got him to go first. And I encouraged my brother, I said, look, Joe, I'm your keeper, you can do this, I believe in you, mate, go do it, you're, oh, you're halfway up, you're smashing it, bro, keep going. And he gets halfway up and the thing starts to wobble. And then it starts to do more than wobble, it starts to lean, and it starts to lean towards us. And so my brother jumps off, but it's too late, the whole thing comes crashing down, it nearly kills him. I get out of the way. I wasn't that close to it to begin with, to be perfectly honest. And everything, all of these valuable ornaments, all of these heirlooms, apparently, that my mom and dad had been given, the heritage, the legacy of the family is all broken and smashed up inside of this cabinet that's been crashed on the floor. But I have to ask myself, was it worth it for a sermon illustration? 
I think it might be. I think it might be. See, I want you to hear something tonight, church. The next level for you in your faith, the next level for this church isn't just about when we come together like this on a Sunday. Thank God it's not. If it is, I don't want it. You see, it's as much about when we leave as church as it is about as when we come together. See, I think a lot of the time when we talk about going to the next level, we start to talk about it in terms of building. We start to talk about it in terms of adding to ourselves so that we can go higher. And I think that's where a lot of us begin to struggle with going to the next level because we're not sure what we're building and we're not sure how to build it. I think the reality is that some of us here, before we get good at building, we need to do some breaking. We need to break free of the chains. We need to shake off the limits. We need to release our faith into the rest of our lives. We need to release our faith into our week. See, I don't know what happened, but somewhere along the way, faith became about a Sunday trip into the sacred. And we need to escape that confined and limited mentality that says that the next level for you looks like beefing up what you can do on a Sunday. I'm not dis- like disparaging anything that we do on a Sunday. I love what we do on a Sunday. I love our worship team. I love all of the guys that lead, all of our volunteers, all of the teams that serve. But that's not what it's just about. If that's all it's about, I don't know if I want it. See, we're called to make a difference in every area of our life. I love when we come together. But I want to love it more when we leave. (laughs) You know, I love when you open up the New Testament. It's filled with story after story of people encountering Jesus in everyday normal life. He met people in the temple, but he didn't just meet them in the temple. He didn't just meet them in that sacred space. He met them in ordinary spaces too. He met them at their home with their friends in crowds, in in the sickness, in health. He looked after them all. He turned up a party. See, the good news wasn't about separating the sacred from the non-sacred. Jesus was here to show us that God, in all of his holiness, his perfect holiness, in all of his righteousness, Jesus was here to show us that God reaching into brokenness and the mess of a world filled with uncertainty and anxiety just like today. Check this. Jesus revealed God's love all day, every day, wherever he was, to whoever he was with. Does that sound good? And in Matthew 5, it says this, that as his follower, you are called to be light in the darkness. 
See, I think we sometimes forget that when we're out there, sometimes the only source of life is your faith. See, the Bible says that people out there, people all around us, people in our lives, the Bible says they are living in the dark. They're in a spiritually dark place. And your faith is sometimes the only source of light in that room. And that's why the next level is when you realize that the veil between what is sacred in your life and what isn't has been torn. When you start to look at your life through a torn veil and say to yourself, how is Jesus going to impact the world through me today? When you start to look at your job through a torn veil. When you start to look at meeting up with the girls for lunch through a torn veil. When you start to look at going to Morrison's through a torn veil. When meeting up with the lads, you look at it through a torn veil. When picking up the kids, you look at it through a torn veil and ask yourself the question, Jesus, how are you going to impact this world through me now? See, a life of Jesus should look revolutionary to people about us. Our thoughts, our perspectives, our attitudes, our actions, they should all be signposting people back to God. I was in Ikea a few weeks ago. If you ever need convincing that the world needs Jesus, go to Ikea at Wensbury. Couples arguing over flat back furniture. But while I was there, I was there to meet Carly for a coffee. There you go, mate. Enjoy your bueno. I was in Ikea to look for Carly. We were going for a coffee. We were going to spare ourselves the meatballs. But we were there for a coffee and I couldn't find her and neither of us had signals. So I ended up looking all about for her. And Ikea is a nightmare kind of place to be looking for someone. You end up like looking in cupboards and wardrobes for them. <laughs> and so I'm looking about and it was the first place that I'd ever been where I saw someone wearing a, a surgical mask. I was like, gosh, that's really unusual. This is starting to feel a bit real now. I mean, if it's Wensbury, where next? And then I, I went a little bit way around. And if you've ever been to Ikea, you'll know that there's this kind of slightly helpful one-way system. But I got caught up behind this enormous burly dude and his wife. And he was walking powerfully and slowly with this trolley in front of him. And he literally took up the whole aisle between him and his wife. So I was trying to negotiate my way around without interfering with this huge burly chap. And then as all of a sudden he stops in the middle of the aisle and I nearly walk into the back of him and he goes, ooh. <laughs> I'm not even doing it justice yet. His ooh was so much more excited than my ooh was just then. He went, ooh. And I'm not even kidding you, 
Do you want to know what he was excited about? He goes, ooh, coat hangers. The world needs Jesus, yeah? See, my trip to Ikea was like a little window into humanity. People are really afraid at the moment. They're full of anxiety. And you know, some of it may be well placed. I trust as a church, you know, as individuals, you are having a faith-filled response to the crisis we see in the planet. A measured response according to our faith. But people are afraid. They're afraid for themselves. They're perhaps afraid for loved ones who are vulnerable. They're afraid that if their partner goes off work, that they won't be able to afford the mortgage. They're real fears. But at the same time, there is this tension hanging against that fear that we still live in a world where coat hangers get people excited. That's why people need Jesus. That's why people need something that will actually change their life. Something that will actually speak into the hopelessness and the anxiety and to the emptiness that coat hangers will never fill. That's why they need Jesus. See, the world needs you to move to a next level faith. See, when we come here together to celebrate God and to refuel, we need to be ready to leave here full force, ready to make an impact in that world, to reach those people. To go and be who God has made you to be. You see, Jesus is bigger than everything we are facing. And I want to tell you this, that the spirit that God has placed within you is bigger than anything this world is facing. And so when you look at your friends and your family through a torn veil, through a, through a torn veil that says, no part of my life is off limits to the impact of Jesus. When you talk to your friends or your family or your colleagues, it becomes this opportunity to speak love and peace into lives where everything seems uncertain and chaotic. You know, Daniel spoke last week, Pastor Daniel spoke last week, and although I wasn't here, I, I heard from people that he touched on Galatians 5. And in that letter, Paul is writing to the church, and he's instructing them. And he says that when our spirits are alive to God's spirit, our lives will reveal certain traits. We call them the fruits of the spirit. And you know what? They sound lovely. They really do. If you've got your Bibles, look at Galatians 5, the end of Galatians 5. The middle part shouldn't look lovely to you, but the end should. They look lovely. But can I tell you something? 
They were never meant to be just lovely. They were meant to be revolutionary. They were meant to change this world so that your life would reveal God to people through you. You see, people need a revolutionary act when life is in chaos. And you know what a revolutionary act looks like in chaos? Being at peace because our God is in control. Your next level faith, when people see it in action, it will look like joy. When everything seems to be crushing in around us, it will look like peace when everything seems chaotic. It will look like kindness when people are hoarding toilet rolls. It will look like patience when everything is frantic. It will look like love when people need to know God loves them. Imagine what the confident hope you have in Jesus looks like at work when people are frightened and hopeless. A.W. Tozer, uh, a very famous preacher, said this. And I think this will be, you'll be hearing this an awful lot over the coming weeks. When the world is frightened, the church needs to be fearless. Next level faith is fearless. See, I want God to reinvent your faith for you over the next coming weeks. So that you can look at your faith beyond these walls through a torn veil. So you can view your family life, your relationships, your job, your house, your area, your street, your gym, the school, the playground, the pub, the club, any space in which you occupy is a signpost to God, is a signpost to peace is a signpost to hope, is a signpost to love. And I tell you what, you'll be making a difference, church. Nobody, there may be nobody that sees you do it, but to that one person you signpost to Jesus, it could mean everything. See, the world might be scared, but we have a hope. And we should be ready to give account for the hope we have. See, I honestly think that God would knock down the walls of this church if he could. We feel too secure sometimes. And not just because we want a bigger church. But like that cabinet smashing. Sometimes we need to realize that the most important thing is the breaking free. The breakthrough the breaking apart, the breaking into the rest of our lives. See, I honestly think that Jesus wants to tear the veil down in some of the areas of your life.
the things, the parts of your life that you are separated and boxed up, Jesus wants to tear the veil. Because he knows you can make a difference. You can signpost people back to him in areas you never thought possible. And because whatever the world looks like, in a couple of days' time, next week, two months' time, in a year's time, forever, people need something more than toilet roll. People need Jesus. We're going to create a space now for you to respond. You see, as soon as I started speaking, as soon as the set list kicked off and the band played the good song first, you knew for yourself whether you'd switched on or off. You knew five minutes into when I was talking whether you were going to respond to God to call you to the next level. I'm not judging anyone here. I know I've sat there. I've heard messages like this before, and I've sat there myself. But I don't want you to just dismiss it now. I think the world relies on you responding now to what God is calling you to. There are people in your life that will be signposted to Jesus because of a decision you make today. I want you to picture the veil. I want you to picture the veil in your life. The veil that has separated your life into the God part and the everything else part. I want you to picture that place in your life or that person in your life that you would love to experience a breakthrough with so that you can signpost them to Jesus. And if you're ready to move to the next level in your faith, if you're ready to move to the next level as a church, I want you to not look up. I just want you to stand where you are. And we're going to pray as people ready to move to the next level. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we pray. Cultivate an atmosphere of response within us, Lord God. That our concern would only be to fix our eyes on you. Lord God, we, we, we lay down our expectation of what the next level looks like in our life. And just trust, Lord God, that if we place our faith in you, as we start to see the world through the lens that you are giving us now, a torn veil to move into all spaces, to reveal and signpost people to you, Lord God. We say that is the people we want to be in this moment. So if you are stood right now, if you're able to stand, 
Lord God, I pray for the people who have stood now, Lord God, that the barriers, that the veil, Lord God, that the areas of their lives, Lord God, that have been separated, that remain untouched by your love, Lord God, that you would tear the veil now between the sacred and the non-sacred life, that faith would burst into all areas of our life now, Lord God, that there would be no area of our life that would be cut off from you, Lord God, that you would make a way for us to experience experience the fullness that you promised us, Lord God, that every aspect of our lives would radiate parts of you, Lord God, that it would show people you, Lord God, that we would be the people you have made us to be, Lord God, for the people who have stood in response, Lord God, through breakthroughs in certain areas of their life, Lord God, whether that be spaces in which they live or work or with friends or family, Lord God, I pray that they would be experiencing a breakthrough, Lord God, that the veil that was there, Lord God, that the veil that had covered people's eyes would be lifted, Lord God, that breakthrough would happen. Lord God, that they would experience your touch, Lord God, that as people move in faith into spaces, Lord God, the light that you've assured us that we carry with us, Lord God, would flood into rooms, Lord God, that darkness would flee, Lord God, that people would see you in operation through us, Lord God, so that in a world that is filled with anxiety and uncertainty, Lord God, there would be a way pointed back to the God who loves, who created them, who promises hope in the most hopeless of situations, Lord God. I pray that this just wouldn't be another moment. It wouldn't be another sermon. It wouldn't be another moment where we got good at talking about the next level in our lives, Lord God. But it would be a moment in which we experience a breakthrough in our relationship with God, Lord, where everything that we were striving for is laid down, Lord God, and we just operate in the fullness of who you have made us to be. Lord God, I thank you for the faithfulness in this room. For every person, Lord God, seated or standing, wherever you meet us along the journey. We love you, Lord God. We trust you, Lord God. And Lord God, we thank you that you are making a way. No matter what the news tells us, no matter what the world looks like, there is always a way with you.